0: in this world, unless you're really lucky, you won't get what you don't ask for. Do not be afraid to ask for more salary, whatever the job is and whatever you're applying for. But you need to have some facts and you need to also be able to demonstrate your value in that conversation and do it nicely, but confidently and unapologetically
1: episode 10 things we care about
2: closing the pay gap welcome welcome everyone Liv, i always get excited for our podcast wednesdays and getting together and being able to see you and zoom when you're away to college so good to see you olivia <laughs>
1: nice to see you too
2: knows, I get to see her every Sunday night. That's our FaceTime night. Our <laughs> date. But um, love, I'm really excited about uh, today's episode because we're going to be talking to a career readiness expert. And I think for you, especially as a college sophomore, that's going to that's gonna be really relevant for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just starting to figure out, you know, the whole internship scene. So I think that every and any advice that he can give is honestly going to be like phenomenal and really helpful to me.
2: Yeah, and and there's so much to know, and you don't know what you don't know. But like you yeah. had a relationship this past summer, but you're in the process now of getting back out there, updating your resume, updating your LinkedIn profile based on your new work experience, and and then the networking piece, right? Which is very daunting. How do, how do you think about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is it is a little overwhelming. Um, I think honestly, like my shoe works training has prepared me very well. Um, but I think that it's just like the continuous process of putting yourself out there and reaching out. And even if you think that you're going to get rejected from somewhere or someone like will decline to meet with you, I think like you still have to keep doing it. You have to keep trying and you know, that's, it's all about building your network. Right. So no matter what you do, you have to focus on that
2: hi I'm so proud of you <laughs> thinking like thinking back to 2014 when we founded live girl and you were you know an awkward middle schooler and you were the with mid- braces, with braces um and now you're you're the mentor and you're giving such sage advice I'm it's incredible
1: yeah it's I mean it's been awesome for me too just I mean learning through live girl through all the mentor programs of live girl and now being able to be one of those mentors as well it's Kind of amazing for me. All
2: right, well, let's jump into this interview. I think it's going to be a good one. So here we go. Sean
1: Vanderziel is the CEO of the National Association of Colleges and Employers. He leads the association of over 14,000 professionals at more than 3,100 employing organizations and educational institutions engaged in the career development and employment of college students and alumni. He regularly presents on trends and issues in the employment market for new college graduates, including career readiness, internships, and recruiting strategies. Welcome to Confidence, Sean.
0: Great, thanks for having me. It's uh, wonderful to be here.
2: All right, I'm so excited, Sean. And I we have to start by letting the audience know that Sean and I are old college friends. We were actually just reminiscing um, before we went on air. Um, we both went to Michigan State, go green. And it's just so cool. I mean, literally the last time I saw Sean was when he was Olivia's age, which is <laughs> crazy. But literally like I've seen Sean's name on CNN and I was recently reading a Wall Street Journal about the pay gap. And of course, there's his name, Sean Vanderziel. So I'm like typing out on LinkedIn, like, Sean, we we need to talk because like every we're doing so much with college-aged women and getting them ready to lead in the workforce. So I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to- be reunited, Sean, and to have you on confident today.
0: Well, it's awesome to be here and just goes to show you you never know where roads are going to lead and uh where life is going to lead you and here we are, full circle.
2: Absolutely. Are you still a Michigan State Spartan football fan? Are well, still- of
0: course, yeah, go green. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we've got I've got three kids, two in college and one in high school and I will say that the um the youngest I've trained him the best to be a true Michigan State Spartan fan. He's like, okay, to be fair, though, I consider myself a Michigan State fan. As someone
1: out of school with not very good athletics, like no hate pen, but I am a Michigan State sports fan as well. Right, let who's the basketball coach? Okay, you know, okay, Tom Izzo, I got that one.
2: All right, all right, there you go all right so sean let's let's jump into the interview we've got a lot of ground to cover and we always like to start our interviews with our standard question of can you tell us something that google doesn't know about you
0: (laughs) well uh google knows a lot uh but fun fact uh when i was much younger and this is going to date me uh i was once a competitive roller skater both figure skating and speed skating i don't think google has tracked that down yet but I guess now there's an official record.
2: That's I love, so
0: cool. I love
2: pictures of that. <laughs> <this> episode.
0: <laughs> oh, I've got photos.
2: <laughs> and actually, Olivia, you just went roller skating for the first time at, at at um Okay. It wasn't the first time. It wasn't the first time. I did it as a kid. But yeah, I went roller skating in
1: New York City like recently. So
0: awesome.
1: At the um like the
2: Rockefeller Center. It's definitely making a comeback.
1: Yeah, for sure. So tell us about your path to becoming a career development expert, because last I heard, you were just at Michigan State. So how'd you get here?
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to try and make a really long story, as (laughs) speedy of one as I can. Uh, And I'll I'll start back to Michigan State. So the summer I graduated, a good friend of mine asked if I'd be interested in moving to Chicago with her for the summer uh, while she did her internship. So she also said that, uh, don't worry about paying for housing because my parents are already paying for it. I'm paying for it, so you can stay with me for free. I just want a buddy here in Chicago with me because I don't want to be alone. And I was like, well, why not? I didn't have a job (laughs) lined up yet. And honestly, I had no clue what I was going to do for a career at that point. I had just gone home. I had been at home for like two weeks after graduating. So by that the end of that summer, I found a job working in admissions for a university in Chicago. And as you know, Sherry, I was a, in college. I was one of those overly involved students, like you, Olivia. <laughs> uh, I was involved with a little bit of everything, and uh, working at a college was something I had experience with, and sounded great to me. Uh, I dived right in, and after a few years, I decided that it just wasn't necessarily for me. Uh, I got really burned out going to high schools and community colleges every day of the week and uh, being at those uh, uh, college fairs, and so I decided to look for another job where I could use the skills that I learned. So I went from recruiting students to a university to recruiting employees for a company. I became a recruitment manager for a staffing company that opened 100 Bank of America locations wow. throughout the Midwest uh, within a year's period of time. I, again, I got really burned out and realized really quickly that this wasn't necessarily the job for me. So I went on a mission to find another job um, that would uh, fulfill, uh, you know, my heart a little bit more and where I could still use my skills. So. I found that in working in human resources at a museum. I love museums and finally had the skills to actually work in one because they had a job opening doing recruiting for the museum. Uh, So I started at the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago, one of the world's largest museums. And I was there for over 20 years. I became the chief HR officer and chief of staff before I left and I oversaw many departments and functions uh, over the over that time. And while I was there, I built a large internship program with over 200 interns each summer that came through. And then during the year, we usually had 30 to 50 at any given time. And because of that, I got involved with this organization, NACE, the National Association of Colleges and Employers, where I work now as a volunteer leader. And I was lucky enough to be hired as the CEO Executive Director at the beginning of 2020. So as you can see, I have lots of experience with careers, with hiring, and thinking about people generally.
2: I love that. I love hearing people's stories. And from yours, Sean, I take away that that superpower of recognizing when something isn't for you and 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 not being afraid to like take a risk and move on and try something new. So I, I love that story. I, I think it must be the superpower you got from Michigan State.
0: <laughs> well, clearly.
2: <laughs> By the way, I do have to give a shout out to my um to the LibGirl career, career readiness director, Alison Waller, because she is a fangirl of NACE and she talks all the time about the great resources and data. And I know that recently you were featured in that Wall Street Journal article that I was reading um, about the gender pay gap. And it was kind of... Stunning and eye-opening, and it talked about how disparities appear almost immediately after graduation, even for you know people graduating from the same university with the same major. Um, and I think in the past, I think people like me included have always thought that a lot of this pay gap kind of accumulates over time. There's the motherhead penalty. There's other things we think about. But I mean, Sean, talk to me about this. How is this happening so soon?
0: Yeah, it's incredibly disturbing, isn't it? Um, The Wall Street Journal uh, research found that the pay gap starts within about three years of graduating. And our data at NACE shows that the pay gap actually begins right at graduation, immediately. Our data mirrors the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics data that's often reported in the news, that you hear that women are paid 82 to 83 cents on the dollar of what men are. And it, what all of this research points to is that it's busting the myth that the reason that women are paid less uh, is because of family issues. That at some point they they drop out of their career, etc. And this is just false. Um, I could talk about this topic for probably a couple of <laughs> hours, uh, but we've looked at the data a number of ways. Um, people often ask, well isn't that because of the types of jobs women tend to go into or the majors and fields of study? Uh, The answer is partially yes. We can account for some of the discrepancy based upon the predominance of women in certain fields, but only about 13% of it, at least in our studies. But even then, I would beg the question to everyone, why do jobs that women dominate get paid less are they valued less because women are in those professions so these are pretty hefty topics and questions we have to ask ourselves as a society overall
2: so my follow-up question is how much of that do you think is uh assertiveness in negotiating, in, in salary negotiation, because after that Wall Street Journal, I went out and kind of had a focus group with some of our SheWorks interns and, and specifically several that have just graduated and gone into the workforce. And I asked them, did you negotiate your starting salary? And only one out of a group of about 10 said yes. One said yes, and she was successful. The others pretty much all said a variation of, well, I didn't think as an entry level employee had any leverage to negotiate. So is this part of the equation and what's your what's your advice on that? Like because where does this leave women? Like what what should they be doing to close this gap?
0: Yeah, uh again, pretty hefty issues and questions to be asking and smart questions that you're asking. Studies do point to the fact that women don't negotiate oftentimes when they're in that uh, position of looking at jobs, and so we do need to encourage women to do so, but that's not the full reason that it's happening. Um, But it certainly is part of the equation, and if we're going to fix the issue, we need more negotiation. And so what I would say as advice related to all of this, I would say research and know the facts about the jobs and the companies that you're applying for. And two, there's a ton of publicly available information related to wages, use that information. Many states now require companies to post their salary ranges, uh, which is great, and it's a starting point. And more and more companies are voluntarily being more transparent. I would also say at the end of the day, always, negotiate. So just as you stated, Sherry, people stop themselves from doing it. In this world, unless you're really lucky, you won't get what you don't ask for. Do not be afraid to ask for more salary, whatever the job is and whatever you're applying for. But you need to have some facts and you need to also be able to demonstrate your value in that conversation. And Do it nicely, but confidently and unapologetically.
2: Okay, I love that. Olivia, I hope you're taking notes. No, I was going to say that's really good advice because I feel like, I mean, I always
1: hear like, oh, you have to negotiate your salary, like, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that there's always that uncertainty of like how you do that or like even where you start. But I think that advice is really important to someone who is... You know, going to soon be entering the workforce and everything. So that's amazing advice. Yeah. I also, so I also am entering into like the whole internship field and I have had experience with internships in the past, but um, I'm kind of more seriously uh, considering going into ones that are more of the field that I want to be in. And I know that NACE research has shown about how important paid internships are. So could you just talk about a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, so our research has found that women, first-generation college students, Black students, Hispanic students are disproportionately underrepresented as paid interns and overrepresented as a proportion of unpaid and those that have never interned. So this is a serious issue and has a serious trickle effect upon graduation. We know that a student with a paid internship will receive 75% more job offers upon graduation than a student that never had an internship. We also know that the same student with a paid internship is likely to receive 10 to $20,000 more in their first job out of college than a student that never had an internship or. Even one that was an unpaid internship. Pretty dramatic differences. Uh, We know from our studies also that the top three things that employers look for on a resume from a graduating student are internship experience with that company, internship experience at a similar company or similar industry, and leadership experiences. So we have to expand access and remove barriers for students to obtain these experiences so that they can prove to employers that they have the skills and abilities to do the future jobs.
2: Wow, that's yeah. powerful, powerful data. And and Sean, we know that kind of the block to the access is the networking. And I do want to give a shout out to our SheWorks program. Um, which really focus on, focuses on giving women of color and first-generation college students access to paid internships. But you know, it's a much larger problem because I mean, I've seen the data. Like, 91% of college students get their internships through connections. And, and you know, I just read *Inclusion Revolution*, which is a fantastic book, and um, the author talks about the problem of these companies having these friends and family programs, where the internship programs actually fill up with like those that have been nominated through the friends and family program so like how do we disrupt that system um to make sure that these other students are getting access
0: that's a great question and it's going to take all of us to do it um you know yeah. i'm a first generation student myself and oh, and yeah. i yeah and you know, for me, I didn't have those individuals in my family, my network, my family, friends, et cetera, to go to, to understand that I should have an internship even when I graduate. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I also had to work when I was in college. And so to stop working, uh, to go and take a temporary internship or potentially even an unpaid internship, I could have never done. Uh, And so it's going to take us as a full community to work towards us to help to educate each other and to create networks for those first generation students and typically first generation students do happen to be women people of color Uh, and so we've got to put system structures in place to support educate um, individuals so that they can achieve the best outcomes possible i
2: love that well i'm in i'm committed (laughs) i do agree it's going to take all of us um i can't really think of anything more important if we want an equal and inclusive workforce it starts with providing equal equal access to those internships so so i'm definitely in um shifting gears a bit like what like you see so much at nace what other trends are you seeing right now for your college grads or graduates with employers from a remote hybrid in-person standpoint and what should college graduates be thinking about because I know like everyone wants the flexibility of remote or hybrid, but I know for our SheWorks program, we had a lot of interns coming back to me saying, really, I only want a remote internship. And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, you don't. You want to be in person in the office so you can benefit from some of that networking and some of those in-person opportunities. But I I guess I'd love your perspective on that and what college graduates should be thinking about with those. Yeah,
0: so what we're finding is that Most employers, at least over the last year, uh, have offered internship experiences and full-time opportunities. Just over 50% of them have been either hybrid or exclusively in person. I mean, exclusively virtual, I'm sorry, but the largest percentage has been hybrid. And there are more of these opportunities in total than just the Exclusively in-person opportunities. So, for those that want to work virtually, the good news is is that the opportunities exist, and they'll continue to exist for some time, both from an internship perspective and a full-time job opportunity perspective. Um, but particularly for folks who are just starting their careers, I would agree with you, Sherry, that it's really important for students to think about the value of starting their career with some face-to-face interaction and hands-on learning Um, and but having the flexibility to be able to work from wherever you want when you need to so the i think hybrid is probably the future of work uh, for a lot of professions though there are some professions where you just can't so we know from an internship perspective as an example that most manufacturing related internships with manufacturing companies are in person and they're almost exclusively in person they just haven't been able to make the transition we also know that oftentimes engineering architectural and other kinds of fields also have been primarily in person but there are others that are all in on virtual and hybrid so students should really take an inventory of what's important to them Um, but it also does take different skills uh, and it takes a different uh, level of self-awareness particularly in the virtual world when you're just getting up to speed in your career
1: Yeah, I think that's so important And as someone who really um, came to the internship age during the pandemic when things were almost exclusively exclusively remote. I know that personally, I am excited to get involved in internships that are hybrid or in person, Um, but I know that that's definitely a consideration that a lot of people have to make because that's not a universal experience. And
0: yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And also because of uh, the general workforce isn't back full time in yeah. person, right? And so if those supervisors aren't on site or they're not there in person, their interns certainly can't be in person either. And so there's there's a recalibration mm-hmm. that's starting to happen here.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I am excited to see us going through that and everything, because um, in-person opportunities definitely are very important. Um, I've heard you talk about a lot about all this information that NACE gathers and all the resources that you have. How can college students, such as myself, leverage those resources and that information?
0: Yeah, so many of our resources, our research articles, events, are posted on our website, so uh, naceweb.org uh, for free but many of those resources are only for our members too. So there's some stuff uh, that might not be publicly available. However, I'd encourage every college student to visit their campus career center. Use the services that are there and leverage their expertise, whether it be putting together your resume, thinking about interview preparation, finding an internship or a full-time job, they're there to help you. And by researching, what you might do in a job search before you actually get into the job search is going to help you long term. So even if you maybe aren't planning to start interview interviewing for an internship for another six months, starting six months in advance is smart. Preparing yourself mentally for what it will take to get through that interview process, preparing yourself physically, like with your resume, etc., for what it's going to take to get there. So you know, what am I going? What do I have to put on my resume? Do I have the any experience to put on my resume, etc.? You want to start to get yourself prepared, and that's how I would use these resources to your advantage, so you can think about how you're going to sell yourself uh, once you get there.
1: I think that's awesome, and this whole all your advice about you know, really being prepared, I think it's so important, because I think sometimes people, you know, they set up the interview, or they, like, are looking for the, like, job applications, and everything, but they don't necessarily do all the steps beforehand in order to prepare for that, and so I think that's really important.
2: Okay, Sean, my last question, I could seriously talk to you all day, and I think we need to schedule, like, a separate conversation <laughs> offline, <laughs> but So just let's end with what is your best piece of career readiness or career development advice?
0: Yeah, I would say be determined, but flexible in your search. So oftentimes we have a certain idea of what we're gonna do or who we're gonna be. And that works for some people, but for the majority of people, life and career is much more fluid because we don't know what we don't know. Uh, You have to start somewhere, find out what you're good at, what you enjoy, think of your career as a journey, and not be afraid to take risks. If you're flexible and you think broadly, you may take a windy road, uh, but it may be a very fulfilling one. So don't be afraid of it. Go with with the flow in that way. And it's kind of like the career journey that I explained for myself at the beginning. And thinking about those years where what are the things I enjoy? What are the things I don't enjoy? Okay, well, I can pivot this. I know what I'm good at. I know what my skills are and constantly evaluating that. But being flexible enough with myself to know when I need to make a change and how I can make that change. But also knowing what my own worth is. Uh, along the way.
2: That's great advice. That's awesome. I think especially coming out of the pandemic, we all need to really need that advice. things happen. pandemics happen like you need to keep rethinking throughout throughout your career road. so so love, should we end with some fun speed round questions? I think we should. We always like to end with these uh to let our audience get
1: to know you a little bit better. um so the first one is a kind of a fill in the blank. It's my mantra is dot dot dot
0: okay my mantra is dot 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 take a deep breath and just be you and do you just be you and do you
2: i love love that that. and it just made me take a deep breath which is (laughs) all right sean who's the leader you admire most
0: okay so i imagine you get this one a lot uh so it won't be surprising uh but the first person, honestly, that comes to my mind is Michelle Obama. I mean, well, we, yeah, wow. I mean, where she leads, I will follow. <laughs> I agree. All
2: right, and Olivia and I are tracking her new book tour, the light week, which comes through Philadelphia on November 18th. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, are, we are super fans, Forever Our First Lady. Um, And then, Liv, you want to ask the last question?
1: Yeah, the last one is, what are you obsessed with right now?
0: Okay, I'm obsessed with concerts. So Mm -hmm. I love live music and I've gone to more concerts this summer than I can count. I just missed it. I didn't realize how Mm -hmm. much I would miss music when it wasn't live during the height of the pandemic. And so now like I'm going to see music that I never thought I would, you know, so all genres, whether it's pop or country or R&B or Irish or Broadway, if it's live, I'm there. Uh, so (laughs) That's what I'm obsessed with right now.
2: What was your favorite concert this summer?
0: Oh my gosh. There are just way too many to name, but we uh, saw so many fun, uh, people from, uh, Willie Nelson, uh, Kelsey Bellarini. Um, uh, we saw Diana Ross recently. There's just so many, uh, to name. I think everyone has something to offer. That's pretty amazing. So we've enjoyed it all.
2: That's awesome. Shout out to Liv's roommate, Sav, who just slept on pavement to get into the Harry Styles concert.
1: Yeah, she slept overnight on the streets of New York City <laughs> yeah.
2: to that get to Harry Styles. Style. But that, that, that brings a lot of joy to her, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, thank you so much. Honestly, I, I feel like you've just provided a master class in career readiness and career wow. development. Um, I hope that all the young women in our community listen to this episode in particular. I think it's really going to be helpful. Um, as these women really look to launch their careers. So thank you, and I hope I can reserve the right as a fellow Spartan to reach out to you sometime again soon.
0: Well, I hope you will, and it's been so great being here with you.